Well, g'day, g'day. My name's Andrew, and welcome back to Your Awakening. We're in week five of our six-week series around the Father Heart of God, overflowing the Father Heart of God. And we're in, as part of this 40-day special, we are in belonging to the family of God. That's the topic, the theme of this week. And really, uh, we really do believe that the lost sons and daughters are waiting to be embraced by, by our Father. But will we welcome them home? Will we show them what home looks like? Will we welcome them into family? So I'm joined live right now in my home studio uh, by Jordan Mullen, back from Canberra. Welcome, Jordan. Great to be here and here in the flesh in front of you this time, not on a Bluetooth in a car. <laughs> That's right. It's very good. It's good to have you here. And indeed, uh, we, you know, it's quite ironic that we're talking about the family of God tonight and we're talking about belonging and inviting in and all of that. And we're actually here at my place, literally recording as people are arriving for a dinner and we're putting on a dinner with different believers from different churches, different backgrounds, but we're all coming together because we're passionate about revival, about evangelism, and we want to see Australia saved. And and so I'm just looking forward to what I've called family night, you know, just having family, having, um, you know, brother from another mother and all of that, just, just gathering around and, and, and coming together. Um, but, you know, I know that there's a lot of people that they're listening and, and maybe they're not connected. Maybe they're, they've had some challenges when it comes to the family of God. Maybe they're, they're good with the father heart of God. But what does that look like played out in family? And I'd just love to ask you, Jordan, like, what has been your experience when it comes to the family of God? How do you stay connected? How do you not just grab the father heart of God and, and go into your own world? How do you then take that um, and and live as part of his family? I'm just intrigued on that. Yeah, I think well, the first thing is what is like we really were talking about um, fellowship. I think the Christian version of, of, of friendship is fellowship, and it's different to friendship that it's is something that we spiritually partake of as the body of Christ. And I think for myself personally. Um, before I share like what that actually looks like, like I've been in, in points in my life where I've you know been ticking all the boxes. I've been going to church, I've been going to um, different groups and so on, and, and those things are important. But I haven't necessarily been partaking in fellowship. And mm. when it talks about um, in, in Ephesians, where it talks about endeavouring to keep uh, the unity of the spirit, fellowship for me has been when you're with believers. There's something very um, raw and open and honest with that um, fellowship. And it's something of the spirit and you know that you know that you're fellowshipping with the spirit because there's a conviction in you um, that God is really present and he's flowing through those relationships so that's something that I've, I've, I've needed and it's something that I've always been hungry for and um, you know uh, with the body of Christ partaking in that fellowship so I guess what that looks like for me is it's, it's been very organic mm. so you know there's times where um, I've been a bit isolated and and God just brings someone into your, your your journey with you, and that's been in different contexts. Like um, we've been having a lot of uh, uh, we're talking about before about these Zoom meetings, um, where we've been connecting with believers all across across Australia for things like uh, Partners in Prayer, Australia for Jesus, and um, it's just bringing the body of Christ together around this thing of evangelism. It's happened in um, different contexts, so you know very important. You know, being part of a church, local church, and a small group. 
but um, I've found it very liberating to be a part of things in the broader context of the body of Christ because really when we're talking about um, the church we're talking about the body of Christ and mm. and I found Andrew going to um, the Awaken uh, the Valley events where you've got people coming from different churches and different contexts um, within the body of Christ has been very refreshing mm. so I think it's not this one thing or this one formula I think it's being very connected in the body of Christ across lots of different ways with your local church and with the broader broader church as well. I found that to be very life-giving and um, really important to sustain a, a walk with, with God. Like, um, I remember Rick Warren said that, you know, we can have a relationship with Jesus as the head, but are, are we having a relationship with the body, being the body mm. of Christ? You can't have a relationship with just the head. Like, you yeah. say, so you need to have that, that entire body of Christ context for your faith and and I found that's something that's really critical um, for myself, those different contexts. Yeah, that's so good. So you've got local church, you've got online community, you've got in-person community. Um, how do you, you... So this has been one of, one of the things that I've wrestled with when it comes to uh, family, right? We, we have an encounter with God, we understand the love of the Father, we go, yep. I need to jump into community and then we can find ourselves jumping into community and it becomes uh, quite exclusive Mm. and we can just go through the motions you know where it's like you forget you forget that there's a bunch of people out there they don't know what this looks like they don't know what family looks like they don't know what unconditional love and, and, and even like friends that will pull each other up in love, you know, sharpen each other, spur each other on. All the the wonderful things that we get to experience when we jump into community like you're describing and like we're about to have tonight. How do you stay inclusive? How do you stay invitational? How do you stay fresh? What have you seen? Um, because we really are talking about um, not just what family looks like for us, but what family could look like for others if we extended an opportunity you know, an opportunity and an invitation. Um, yeah, how do you continue to embrace the lost sons and daughters around you without getting complacent and simply, um, you know, having a fellowship feast, if that makes sense? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm not entirely the question. Oh, I, I ask very long questions. <laughs> okay. and, you're, and you're more than welcome to laugh because everyone else listening was thinking the exact same thing. If you give me a direct I'll, question, I'll, I'll, I'll make it super direct. Oh, dear. How, this is what fellowship's about. It's about having a laugh, being honest. So the question is, yeah. how do you remain inclusive once you've found family? Yeah, I think that's really... I, I think that's helpful, you framing it like that. I think... It's really knowing how to love with the love of God. Like if I love with Jordan's love, um, it's not going to last very long. Yeah. You know, it's it. You know, at times I can be impatient and frustrated, and and that's the carnal nature, really. Mm. Um, you know, the fruit of the Holy Spirit is patience, and I know that. You know, when I'm waiting in a line for something and I'm I'm ready to walk, I'm just going. You know, this is when I need the fruit of the spirit. So it's just that's kind of carnal. Whereas with loving with the love of God is is different because um, if we love with the love of God. Um, we have a whole different set of rules. You're not really rules. It's really relationship on how we see people because the love of God is is God has grace, you know. Mm. And I think that's something that um, 
is something that we don't have today. So like if something, someone hurts you or something does something to offend you, uh, you get upset and you um, move on really quickly. So whereas relationship is like, how do we work through these things? Like I think I've had some relationships the last few years that it's been very challenging, mm. but I found it very fruitful and beneficial because, um, you know, it's only until you're in a context of a relationship that you, you can, it's easy to point the finger and say, well, that person has issues, I'm going to depart. But um, as someone said, when you point the finger, you've got four coming back at you. And it's typically exposing something in yourself that needs to be refined. So I think to be inclusive, you've got to not be in the flesh um, yeah, and carnal. Yeah. And you've got to, you've got to manifest yeah. the love of God, basically. Yeah. So That's so good. I'm just thinking about that. I, I have this... Oh, it's a shocker of a story, really. But when I was in high school, we started this prayer meeting. And... Uh, if I was totally honest, the reason I started this prayer meeting or this Christian group is I one, there was one, I wanted to reach my schoolmates for Jesus, right? But two, I wanted mm. people to see that Christians weren't dorks and they weren't like all uncool. And I was like, I'm going to show these guys at my school that Christians are cool and that we, you know, we love people and we have fun and we, we just, we're not just these you know, these dorks or whatever. And so yeah. I I literally started this Christian group and along comes this girl, not yet a believer, um, and she is the one of the more uncool people of school, mm. right? Mm. Like mm. I said, it's a shocker of a story because mm. I immediately became frustrated. I didn't want her coming to the group. Oh my gosh, everyone's going to think we're losers. You know, we've got this uncool girl coming to our group and all this. And I remember she came, she kept coming. I kept trying to like distance myself. We'd break up into prayer groups. I'd move into another group. I was like, oh, why does this girl have to come? And I remember one time we were praying together and she's in another group. And she, I overhear her praying. And this was her prayer. Dear God... And she had a, some severe um, uh, disabilities as well, so it was quite challenging for her to speak. And it was a simple prayer that took a lot of energy to get out. And she just said, Dear God, thank you for Andrew. Mm. If it wasn't for Andrew, I wouldn't know you. <laughs> oh, wow. And it was just a stab to the heart. And I think I've realized, you know, from that experience and many other experiences, we have to be so careful to do exactly what you said. Live by the Spirit, not by the flesh. Look at every single person as someone that could come along to your church, that mm. could come into your living room, that could uh, be a part of your life group or your Bible study group. And I always say this, um, like, to my friends that have Bible studies and life groups and all this. I'm like, multiply, 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 multiply. You mm. should constantly be in, inviting people in to the point where your group is too big, your social group's too big, your, you know, and you just have to start another group, you know, because there are so many orphans and we have to have room in the family to bring them in. Mm. And I will say another yeah. interesting thing off, off the back of this is, I was talking to my pastor about this, like, what we don't want to do is we don't want to bring orphans into an orphanage as well. Yeah. And so it's so important that we invite orphans into family. So we have to stay humble, open, teachable, connected to the Father. You know, we've got to have a health check for ourselves 
are we are we behaving like family or are we behaving you know mm. more fleshly and I just I think that's such a great point and something for us to all um, take away is am I doing my relationships out of the spirit or out of the flesh I love that so much um, yeah I think as well like we have a level of suspicion in our culture mm. as well and one of the issues we can have is trust and typically that's happened um because we've had experiences with people that haven't been great. Mm. And then when you have those, you go into everything with, you know, like walls up, radars up and going, can I trust this person? Um, now there's a, you know, there's wisdom in relationships. Like I don't think you have to, you know, let everything go and, you know, just, you know, you've got to have, you've got to be discerning and all, all that type of thing, but we need to give people a chance basically. Mm. And, um, you know, it's interesting that Jesus said, it's for the love that you have one for another. This is how people you know that, you know, you are my disciples. Yeah. It's like, we think, well, you know, what's the sign of a believer? Mark 16, you know, you speak in tongues, you know, um, lay hands on the sick, you know, they recover, cast out devils, you know, the miraculous shows that we're believers. But what's the sign of a disciple? Jesus said it was love. So that's our testimony. And even I'm saying this, like, I am by no means like, you know, I'm, you know, like not perfect in this area. Like I'm constantly wary and always cautious about things, but it's fear. And the only way you can get rid of fear, what does the word say? Love. Perfect love. And it's not, and then I think the point that I'm making is it's like our love is very temporary. It doesn't last very long. It's just carnal. It's not, we have a very transactional relationship with things. If this person's okay, like, you know, if someone's hurt me, if they don't forgive me, I won't do this and all this. Mm. Whereas the love of God is is grace and mercy despite the other person person's issues. And, um, yeah, man, like if we treat... Um, picture if we treated everybody how God loved us. We have our own faults and failings, so yeah. God gives us grace. That's really a model for us give to others so we can't really say oh god you know um you love me thank you for forgiving me in, in my my you know wrongdoings and my you know because you're faithful when you got mercy and then we go out there and we give everyone a standard on how we have a relationship yeah. with them you know it's oh, like so true and yeah. you know i see it again and again you know in in my own life in other people's lives you know i'm i'm constantly i can I can be very shocked at times because I travel, you know, all around the world and we do. we do ministry and all this and and it's amazing the times where you'll you'll have just done a Sunday service with a church, then you'll go out for lunch and the waiter or the waitress is like just a just a hunk of flesh just serving you, you know? Mm. And I'm like, hang on, we just went from the from this beautiful family and community mm. And now, and every single person within the four walls of church was, how you doing? Bless you. God loves you. Oh, it's so nice to see you. And then we walk out of church and we just treat people like they're nothing. And I'm yeah. like, oh my gosh. So true. And we do. We have to go, right, this is the family. And now we are going to invite people in. We're going to love people. And we're not going to let fear or suspicion or even cultural norms like you know you just be you just do small talk out on the streets we're not going to let that be our reality we're going to show people what family is hey i want to uh, touch on a quote really quickly here um that dietrich bonhoeffer who was a german pastor and theologian mm. theologian wrote because this is a powerful one and um 
because I, I just want to warn people or I want to, uh, you know, as we talk about community, I want to say there's no formula, right? Some people think, oh, it has to look like this Bible study or that life group or this meeting or that church service. or He said this, and I really love this. He says, the person who is in love with their vision of community will destroy community. Mm. But the person who loves the people around them will create community everywhere they go. And I just want to say to those that are listening today, I want to say, you know, it doesn't have to look like your church service. It doesn't have to look like your Bible study. It doesn't have to look the, the way maybe you've experienced it before. Just love people. Love people around you. You don't have to be on a missions trip with a with a t-shirt on that says here to serve or how can I pray for you. Just love people around you wherever you are and just believe that God will create community. And I'd say that as well to the isolated because I know that there's people that are listening that are isolated. Don't wait for fam- necessarily for family to invite you in. Create family and invite other people in. So if you're in a rural town or you're, you're you're just isolated where you're at, I just encourage you, be the family you want to see. Be the love you want to see and invite people in. Um, want to uh, touch on that, um, just on our activations as we close. Um, but before I do that, just quickly want to say... Um, I just want to encourage everyone that's listening, and and I know I've kind of taken on a serious tone, but I want to encourage you, if there is division between you and other believers, if there's been a hurt, if there's been um, suspicion, pain, I just encourage you to bring it to the feet of Jesus and let it go. Where possible, seek reconciliation, because we want to model to the world Ah, there's something different with these people. And I believe it's part of revival. What we're going to see in Australia more and more is people are just going to be drawn to the love and the freedom that is exhibited by, by believers. Hey, mm. they'll, be, they'll just be so drawn to it. I'm even praying that tonight, you know, as we're gathering, that my neighbours, you know, I'm always trying to reach out to them, that they would go, man, Andrew has great relationships. And they would want to be drawn into our family, the family of God, even more. All right, so activation one. Love as you've been loved. Um, so we kind of just touched on that, but we've got questions here like, will you forgive and love brothers and sisters in the church who've offended you? Mm. Yeah, it's with that one, I think. We get, and I was thinking this actually yesterday, um, when someone does something against us, we get tangled up in a web of who was right, who was wrong. And um, yesterday I actually had a situation where someone got in touch with me and they were upset about something. And I started going through it and, and I spoke with someone and I was like, oh, you know, I can see what they're saying, but they're disregarding this and they're not right about this and that. I went into the right and wrong and, and they took taking this out of context and well, what about this? I, I was actually right about this. And I spoke to someone and then I started to, and this came by an email actually, and then I started to draft it and I'm like, well, there's merit in what they're saying here, but I don't think here. And then I started to put this together on this person's advice. And then I just felt to drop it. Mm. And I was like, you know what? Like Jesus went to the cross and he mm. took the sins of the world mm. when he didn't deserve it. And I, I just I just ended up calling this person. I said, 
I just took responsibility for my actions. I didn't want to go down the right and wrong track. Mm. And I just said, I'm sorry for the part that I played. And I think if we're going to love like God loves, like he, he took the sins of the world on his shoulders. And it's mm. like, when you are righteous and you want to kind of go down that legal track, you just want to be right. Yeah. Whereas sometimes humility is going, you know what, face your failings and just deal with it and yeah. move, move past those things. So I think that was something that I felt the Holy Spirit was really stirring in me to do. And it ended up great. We ended up having a great conversation. We resolved the issue and, and, and things things moved on. And yeah, I just I just thought I'd share that. So. That's so good. It's a, it, well what it is is a practical example of mm. like, hey, don't don't fight fire with fire. Mm. Just love them, you know. <laughs> love them, be humble, and and we can actually repair, you know, repair broken bridges. We can also maybe just stop burning some now um so that's so good just by that the attitude we have and to remember that we are modeling family to the world you know and and we shoot off a nasty email and then that person walks into a store and they're frustrated and non-christian says them how's your day actually it's awful (laughs) you just got this email from this jerk he calls himself a christian oh mate it's like (laughs) oh okay Anyway, I know you don't do that, but <laughs> I love just the 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 uh, the story. It's good. Mm. Uh, activation two is bringing the generations together, and I think obviously you know a huge theme of these podcasts has been the heart of the father, knowing the heart of the father, and family looks like investing into those coming up and honouring those that are above and learning from them and loving on them as well, and. Um, so we've said here, you know, are you actively encouraging someone younger and older than you? And I just mm. encourage you, like, if you've got the heart of the father, go out and start fathering. Go out and start investing into the next generation. Pour into people. And this is the thing. They don't even have to be younger than you. Mm. There, there are people out there that are 60 and they've never known the love of the father. Mm. And you can totally and utterly actively encourage those younger and older than you so jump into that activation um, and see how you can bring the generations together um, now we we're just running out of time we've been trying to keep these at about uh, 20 25 minutes so we'll, we'll jump into the last activation then I'd love to to pray for you and uh, and we'll touch on something that's coming up in just a few weeks which is so exciting um, when it comes to gathering with the family. Um, activation three, and I'd love you to touch on this, Jordan, because I know that you've had your challenges at times with difficult you know, individuals, ministries, as have I. And uh, I actually haven't been great at this, but I feel I'm getting better. Activation three is learning to stay. Where has God called you to be? And are you doing the works he has called you to in this place? Would you just uh, touch base on, you know, for those who are going, this is a great podcast, thanks so much, guys. But honestly, I just don't do family well because when I get hurt, I move on. And, you know, what would you say to the drifter, to the runner, to the person that would go, that's great, I can't do family, I've tried before, but when the time gets tough, I just get going. 
Yeah, I think I've been in a lot of contexts probably the last few years where I'm, I'm not just being with people uh, in the church. I've actually, I run a digital agency in Melbourne and I'm actually working with a lot of um, Christian ministries as well. So it's something that I'm, you know, people talk about church, you do life together. We're actually doing stuff together. And I think when you work with people, you would find this if you're working, it exposes your behaviour and other people's behaviour and there can be tensions and relationships and and breakdown when you're either working in a business or ministry or, or whatever it is. I think learning to stay is facing the reality of yourself. I think the thing mm. that I've learned is going, you know, there's a proverb which says, contention only comes by pride. And if there's contention, you've got to ask this question, where's the pride? Mm. And a lot of the time, the pride is in yourself. So I think learning to stay is like a prideful person will be like, I'm over it, I'm out of here. And, you know, there's been many times that I've been in that situation myself, but the Holy Spirit was, it would say, stay, yes. don't go. So, and that's where the humility comes in. So I think learning to stay is probably, in response to your question, is, is knowing the root source of that contention mm. and actually repenting from it which is a hard thing to do because you always want to be in that, oh, I'm okay, you know, it's the other person position where a lot of the times is actually exposing things in yourself, those relationships. So you've got to get over it and, and keep working at it, which is a difficult thing to do. Someone said to me recently, they talked about business partnerships, just a Christian entrepreneur yesterday, John Sikima, and we're talking about business partnerships and with him with Christians. And he said, I said, oh, a lot of people say you shouldn't do it. Where he said, well, you know, the world says, you know, there's 50% of people get divorced. Do you not get married? Yeah. And I was like, that's a pretty good point. Like, you know, you, you don't do things because that's the culture is it all falls to pieces. You do things because you want to work together and you want to stay with those people and you want to move forward. So, yeah, just a few little things there. Really, really appreciate it. Um, so stick it out, friends. Lean into family and invite others in. And on that, we do want to invite you to the Overflow event. It's going to be absolutely amazing. We're so excited um, to be gathering together uh, with, uh, with so many believers across um, Melbourne, from, from across, really across, uh, across this region. Um, there's going to be people coming from Warrigal. I know of people coming from Sydney. And the Overflow event is an opportunity to encounter the Father Heart of God, to, to come together as family, to worship, to receive ministry. It's really going to be a powerful time. Sue Tinworth, who many of you know, she heads up Partners in Prayer and Evangelism. She woke up the other day and she just said, I am so expectant for what the Lord's going to do on the 14th of April in Melbourne. Mm. So we just invite you to be a part of that. If you just Google uh, Overflow prayer uh, event or overflow event Melbourne uh, there's an event bright you can get your tickets we would love to see you there bring friends bring family and we're going to encounter the father heart of God in that space it's going to be powerful so let me pray for you father God I thank you so much for those that uh, have been listening for those that have been uh, just just hearing your heart for family and I pray, Lord God, that you would heal broken hearts where there's been damage, where there's been pain with the church and with family. And that you would give us an ability, a supernatural ability to be your family to all those around us that desperately need you. To be a brother and a sister 
a father and a mother to the orphan, to the, to the person that feels they have no home, no family. May they belong in your family, which is indeed our family. So I just bless everyone here with a supernatural ability to love as you have been loved. Bless you all and head to 40daysofprayer.org.au for more resources like this or you can go to yourawakening.tv. Bless you. Talk soon. Bye. Bye.